But then, of course, if you go and eat a donut right after going to the gym, then what happens? Does it undo what you did? Not necessarily. I mean, it's an undo nut. Scotch Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 13. Lucky episode 13. Super lucky. Coffee with Butterscotch. My name is Sam. I'm Seth. And I'm Adam. And we are Butterscotch Shenanigans. We are a three-brother indie game studio making sweet, sweet gamey love. And I did not interrupt Sam this time. You did. You nope. held back. Although I sort of did, so... Well, at least someone did. Yeah. <laughs> maintain tradition. Traditions are important to maintain no matter how dumb they are. It's about That's culture. Right. It's about culture it's about and richness culture. of life experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today we're going to talk a little bit about some Crashlands stuff. A little bit of a Crashlands update. Crashlands is the game that we're working on uh, as a studio. We've been working on it for about a year and a half. It is a huge uh, crafting game that's supposed to be story-driven, but up until now we didn't actually have a story story in it it was yeah. like we were selling vaporware you know we we're like there's gonna be a story we were vaping yeah vaping i mean that's wear. worked out pretty well for the e-cig industry yes. so we thought we would get in on that uh but yeah story so that vapes. so the tool that adam has been developing to allow us to build story stuff is is done and hooked up to the game and all the all the plugs are corked in or the however corks are that, plugged and i mean however yeah. that works to have it both so, ways so Sam has been spending the past week uh, jamming on all that and writing story and building little villages and characters. I and made one about a man who was starting a yoga stand and you had to bring him some throw pillows. Yeah. Well, you got to have pillows. You can't do yoga without pillows. It's I don't true. really know anything about yoga, but I'm actually, pretty sure Actually, I think you can't do yoga with pillows. That's actually true, but... Well, this is space yoga. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's different by Space alien. yoga has its own rules. Yeah. Involving throw <laughs> I guess. Um, so that further Actually, what's, what's the difference between a throw pillow and a regular pillow? Uh, throw pillows, I believe, are projectileable in that they can be thrown. But couldn't also any any old pillow be projectileable? Uh, well, I mean, it depends on if you're looking at the average strength of your pillow purchaser. On well, average, it's, it's uh, not high enough So on, on average, a regular it's, pillow cannot be thrown. Correct. It, well, any anything can be thrown. It's it's mostly about ease of throwing. Yeah, that's I think I think a throw pillow right. is you know small enough that you can wing it like a frisbee. It's more accessible for yeah. throwing. I mean, this is why in, in a pillow fight, you know, you can think of a normal pillow almost like a it's like a like club. A pillow. It's like a pillow mace. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, you just you just beat your opponent with it. But when you get throw pillows in the mix, then suddenly a pillow fight becomes a much more you know, sort it's of a projectile combat sport. kind of affair. Right. Yeah. I see. So regular pillows are for melee. Throw pillows. Throw yeah. pillows are for ranged combat. Yes. Yeah, so you're gonna want. Okay. You're gonna want at least one phalanx of throw pillow. Throw pillows. Mm, a phalanx in the background. Uh, you know, launching them overhead and also catching it in returning throw pillows that have been thrown. You know, erroneously in your direction. Yeah. And I have yeah. I have read about some historical accounts of uh people setting throw pillows on fire before or hurling them at their opponents well faces. and also filling them with diseased people yeah right? and also using using cows Fill it. full of disease yeah. on fire as throw pillows yeah. yeah not not super comfortable no or or really beneficial long term yeah it really really makes your couch look pretty pretty shitty they're basically just yeah. for throwing and, and they're oh, they're they're exclusively throwing pillows mm-hmm. so 
Anyway, so that's what we've been working on. <laughs> what and, were we uh, talking so, about? <laughs> oh, the, the creator. Creator, right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there's also just stories that are popping up now in the game. Uh, really fun stuff. I'm not going to spoil any of it, of course, because nope. you got to play it. Um, which you'll be it able is to cool, though, because basically Sam can just go plug in. He can make a new outpost and add a story to it, and then just it's in the game instantaneously. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real slick mechanism, and it's everybody will get to use neat. it at the end of the day, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Well, not everybody. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Not everybody. People who bought the game That's right. get to use it. Got to yeah. pay up to get on the ride. Pony yeah. up. Um, but without further ado, let's get to some questions, Adam. Adieu. You and your adieu. <laughs> uh, so Leave your adieu at the door. For those unacquainted, you can go to podcast.bscotch.net, not only to view the podcast and all previous ones, but also to ask questions. And we actually take questions for the majority of the podcast and answer them from our fans. And you can vote on other people's questions so you can see one rise to the top. And uh, it's you know, it's pretty hardcore. It's pretty highly competitive environment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we we have to take we have to take whatever questions go to the top. I mean, that's the rule that we arbitrarily self imposed just now. So right? unless we delete just one, now. which means you know our our uh, podcast listeners can ask us pretty much whatever they want. Uh, and yeah, as long as we, we don't we delete, delete it, it, then we'll answer it. Yeah, is yeah. what it comes down. There's to. no f- basically just basically just not intensely personal crap, but you know, <laughs> yeah. just regular stuff. Whatever you want to know, just ask. So the first and, question and is, not horrible things. Yeah, well, maybe. Well, I maybe, mean, maybe I guess things. there are certain kinds of horrible things that are allowed. I guess not. What is it? There must be a better word that really means something we don't want. I don't right? think there is. I think every word has kind of been desensitized now. Adam, I that's true. You know what I'm saying no racist things. Wait, that was, that's an easy one. Yeah, there we go. We'll just keep boom. That. Nailed it. All right, so Gafferman with the first non-racist question of the day. Asks, Good job, Gafferman. First and only. <laughs> yeah, all I mean, the rest of them. They're, <laughs> they're all pretty racist, so this is going to be a short podcast. Uh, having carved out your own niche on the App Store, what iOS games slash developers do you feel deserve more attention? Also, can we talk about the word niche for a second? Uh, is it niche or niche? It's I think n- it's, it's niche both. I'm pretty sure it's both, and nobody cares. Or niche. Like <laughs> I would, I, I'd prefer niche, I think. I like niche. Having carved out your own niche on the app. Niche. It does sound cuter that way. Right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what's the question that you were going to say about niche? Well, Mike, it's a it's a niche word, I guess, is what I was... Niche is a niche word? People use it all the time. It's they like, do, but it's got such a specific meaning. Of course. D- it's not like don't the word all fish. words have... A I mean, they do, but like most words you can bend around quite a bit. You know, during your regular course, like carved. I here. I think niche is pretty bendy because I don't think so. Niche is like you know, a small area. It definitely can't be used as a verb. I could it's niche something. Like, I'm niching things right now. One of my favorite Adam's words just is, niching all over the place. One of yeah. my favorite words is fish because it's a noun, a verb, and a different noun. Fish, fish, but only if you use fish. it in the most obscure meanings possible. No way, man. You which, can in my fish opinion, doesn't fish. even count. Yeah, that, there's, there's two of them. Give me the other not, ones. Give me the other ones. The The third one is it's a sort of like a support strut used to hold up a crossbeam. Yeah, fuck that. So, <laughs> well, I guess it doesn't you can, count. You can make a whole sentence out of it, right? Fish, fish, fish. It's, uh, that's a yeah, idea. except nobody will understand that sentence because nobody knows that third definition. Well, no, that's not really no, no, a no. sentence. Fish, fish, Just, fish. I mean, like, fi- wait, is it an adjective? Fish, fish. No, fish. It's not an can, adjective. As in you can the, fish, fishy fish. As that's, in there is a race of fish people who are fishing for fish. Fish, fish, fish. I don't think that. I don't think that works. A race of work. fish people who are it's like fish, fish, fish. It's like fish. If fish can fish for fish, then that's fine. It's like that buff. Buffalo, 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 buff, buffalo, buffalo, buffalo. 
love. I think that I keep I keep seeing that around. I think it's totally bogus. I mean, it is bogus because like Adam was saying, no one's gonna know what you're talking about. They're yeah, you can't, you can't. It's one of those things where sentence. it's it's technically correct, but practically but, useless. Yes, right. So anyway, what games? What's the question? What, what is about niches? What niches get stitches? Games slash developers, do you feel deserve more attention? I don't know. Uh, here's the thing. <laughs> How are we supposed to know who needs for more the, attention? For the most part, if the they ones don't have any that, attention, we don't know who they are. For the most part, the ones that have attention need way less attention. You mean like King.com? You, you know what I mean. Candy Crush? Sure. And the ones that are not getting attention mostly should continue not getting any attention. Most of them. Most of them. And but, then yeah, what's the, left are the ones that should be getting attention, except none of us get to hear about because all the ones that shouldn't be getting attention are taking literally all of the attention. And then they have to compete with a whole bunch of things that don't deserve any attention whatsoever. The word attention is kind of getting like numb for me right now. You know, I, I'll, kind of I'll replace it with niche. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, so the problem people is getting actually, niche. the App Store doesn't really, App Store doesn't really have a lot of niches. Uh, it just sort of has the top 20. It has the App Store. It has whatever's The niche that is most popular. the top of the charts. Yeah. yeah. So... Which isn't much of a niche, much much of a niche. Yeah, and to and to be frank, we actually don't really have a niche on the App Store. Uh, we got we got featured for Flop Rocket, which did great for us, and now it's back down to practically no downloads at all. Yep, right? nobody so, gives a crap that our games are there anymore. Yeah, actually, so the, yeah, the, the only niche you can have in the App Stores, any of the App Stores, is to is to launch a game and then be on the front page during launch. You get a one-week niche, so you better enjoy it. And your niche is the front page. And now niche is losing its meaning as well. All right, well, we should probably... None of these... (laughs) Well, I think (laughs) we should move on. None of these words mean anything. But the problem here is that... So we we throw this number around a lot, which is that there's about 3,500 games that come out every week on iTunes. 3,500. 500 a day. So when you talk about... like that, That is such a huge ocean of content that is available. New content. Now, this isn't even talking about like updates and crap. Yeah. Um, new content that's available at that staggering rate. When you have when you have a storefront that does as terrible a job as actually Google Play does almost the exact same thing. I mean, all the stores kind of just grabbed what iTunes did uh, when they started because they're like, well, it worked for them. Um, but when you have and it does work for them. It does. It does. But when you have just not for everybody else. When you have that big of an ocean of content being released every single week, and the only means by which you get to interact with it in a in a meaningful sense is via a top 10 list which actually has remained the same for about like three years now or something like that something maddening mm-hmm. like the games that are there now are the same games that have been there um, except for the new list but again there you're competing with 3,500 people a week right and that goes out every week yep. right so there, there is no well and this is this is partially why we are excited about moving over to steam because steam will give you a custom storefront based on your interests which right. is a crazy idea uh but they've managed to do it so that way it's you know in the ideal market the ideal games market uh you see every game that is interesting to you and the seller of that game gets to show it to everyone who might be interested in buying it yeah it's right? the whole concept of targeted marketing right it's like you don't have to annoy people because yeah, the people you're talking every, to actually are interested in your product yeah, right? well that's one of the problems that we had it. with because even though we did get the feature spot for flop rocket and and that was really good for flop rocket almost all the people who downloaded it just you know uninstalled. opened it up and then uninstalled it immediately because it's not their kind of game it wasn't being shown to the right people yeah we actually because there is a niche it was just being shown who to would everyone. want our games <laughs> but it's there, there is no you know targeting to those people to get our games to them and so instead our options are basically nobody sees our games 
or everybody everyone, does for a short period of time, no matter who they are or, or where they are yeah. or whether they would like it at all. So I think, and that's also why you get, you know, you get shitty ratings for stuff all the time too, because if you, if you take a, especially a game that is meant for a, you know, a targeted audience and then you show it to everybody and then let all those people play it. Cause there's no barrier to entry for free to play games and stuff. Then you're going to have all this, just, you know, people are going to heap garbage on it. They'll be like, Oh, you know, one star because this game has a character with red hair and I hate red haired people. Right. You get just that kind of garbage. Yeah, that, that kind of yeah. racism. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the, so, the interesting there point go. there, I think, got from it is just that we haven't actually gotten to carve out our own niche yet. And part of it is with the Scotch ID system that we built, the backend system, uh, which now we have basically a bank of you know people who we can send an email to and say, hey, here's a game that you probably like because you like our other games. Yeah. yeah. We're trying to grow a niche outside of the App Store. So I would say we're, we're just, yeah, we're just beginning to actually be able to carve thanks to Adam's uh, addition onto the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, before it was just Seth and I kind of like good job, Adam. It's all around. me. It's all, right. it's all Adam. Uh, but that being said, yeah, I think Adam's Adam's point is very valid, which is just that it's really hard to know who deserves more attention because there's so much stuff coming out that literally, I mean, I haven't, I played Alpha Bear on mobile. I think it's the only mobile game I've played in the last three months. Uh, I've been yeah. playing the crap out of You Must Build a Boat. We already talked about that in a previous episode. Yeah, but I played it on Steam, right? I, like, think, I think there's more to that as well. I mean, I think about when we were growing up as little chids. Back uh, little chids. We would, chids. you know, we would, uh, we'd get our allowance money or whatever and we'd save it up and then about once every three months we'd make a trip over to Comp USA. Oh my god, I love and, that. And they would have they would have Comp about twenty ish PC games. There was two aisles. They had, yeah, they, they would have about 20 games and 10 of them we had already seen because those were the same ones that were there the last time. Uh, so there'd be like 10 new games every few months and we'd go through and we'd like, you know, scour the box art and everything and, and then pick pick the one we liked and we'd buy it. Uh, but that's that's gone. Like there's so many games out that nobody gives a crap. Well, then well, you would buy it and you would go them. home and you would play the whole thing, you know, over a few weeks or whatever. Yeah. And and then you would go buy your next game because there weren't very many games and they were expensive. Right? And, I, and I think, you know, the same thing applies to books and, and movies and, you know, with with digital distribution of all these things. You know, I can I can pop up with Netflix and I can I can scroll through 200 movies and at each one I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like there's, there's just so much stuff out there that you always feel like there's probably something better just around the corner. Yeah. And you'll just spend way more time even just browsing. But we would go like to the video store to rent movies back in the day. You'd there make a like circuit of, of the whole place, and there, well, there were still, you know, maybe a couple hundred movies or something, yeah. but that was in total. Yeah, you'd go to the new releases. Yeah, section, exactly. Right? You'd so be in, like, in okay, there are 30 section, games. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And in a given section, if you're like, you know what, I feel like giggling tonight. You go to the comedy section, and there's like Yeah, and there's like 30 games right? or whatever. Yeah, and so I mean, there's, movies, a, there's, a, there's something good to be said about having a limited selection, and I think people get really carried away with, oh my god, I have two million books available on Amazon. You can't, you can't fucking read read 2 million books. The question, so, the thing to get it excited doesn't matter. would actually be if Amazon said, we have a sorting algorithm that will look at all 2 million books. You take a 10-minute questionnaire and then we'll serve to you a list of 30 books that yeah, will have the greatest so impact good. on your existence. That'd be so good. Maybe we should but make I, that. 
But yeah, I mean, well, I mean, this, Amazon this tries to do that. They just don't. Do they work. do it without your permission. <laughs> right. Well, that's not, it's not even without your permission. You it's without. It, it's without doing want. anything interesting because they just say, "Well, you bought this book and this book. Somebody else bought those two books and this third one. So therefore, you want this third one, right? Yeah. Uh, they they base your they infer your interests based on overlap between yours and a, the interest of a million other people, which is very effective, you know, for for some things. But it doesn't. Well, it has it has the same problem though, which is that. So this is the the interesting thing about this whole question of you know deserving attention, which is that all of those systems, because because they're based on uh, you know algorithmic behavior, serve just to reinforce stuff, right? Well, it's so a rich. I mean, everything's a rich. It's a, it's a positive feedback, right, exactly. So like the the interesting thing, and I've heard people lament this a bit about the fact that there aren't really. Uh, and anymore, there's not really bookstores that you go to where you can be like, you know, I'm really, you could talk to someone, a human, who's infinitely better at categorization than, than anything that exists on the planet. Um, and you could say, hey, you know, I'm looking for a book. It's kind of like this, but with this sort of thing. And they can suggest something to you that you, that you would not, you simply could not get to at present using the current computational methods. True, but even still, the the only books that those people are aware of were the ones that they were aware of. Store. Right? So it's still, uh, it's it's... It's it's just the inherent problem with how this works, right? Is it is that it has to be a positive feedback system? It's just the only way it can work. Otherwise, you have to just try to distribute attention. Yeah. Across well, Amazon, infinitely many things. Amazon can't go. Hey, you liked book A, which has sold a million copies, and everybody's been reading it. Book B, nobody has read yet. No, it's not only uh, that. Is it's but, here are five thousand book Bs. Yeah. That, exactly. As far as I can tell, are all the same right, because right. nobody has read them, so I don't have any data about them. I right? don't have. I haven't. I don't have any. Tags yeah. So so how do I give you? the one that actually is going to be and, and and then to top that off of course because the barrier to entry keeps getting lower and lower which you know for us i mean it, this is a good thing in a lot of ways right otherwise we wouldn't even be able to do this mm-hmm. uh but that also means that you know as it gets lower and lower and lower then then just anything can exist there and well, so it, it is kind of bad it is kind of bad for content creators as a whole like it's great for the individual who wants to get in you know get in at the ground floor well, it's great, yeah it's great for entry I mean, well, it, it's only great in, in the sense that you get to enter yeah right but as far as as far as getting to actually be successful and you know we've been battling with this all the time is that uh when somebody has infinite choices they value each of those choices at basically zero yeah so you distribute your your interest over across infinitely many things so it's just yeah so when there were when there were 10 games available for us to choose from back in the day it was super exciting and we would pick one and we would each get one and we would we would read the manuals on the way home we did read them oh i love those things dude (laughs) yeah and they always like they always put concept art in there like they you know and it was super like and and by the time you got home you were so freaking psyched to play this game and you just sit down and just devour well, I remember when I bought Half-Life 2 which I was actually in college when that finally came out but when I bought Half-Life 2 I still got it in the box even though by that point there was actually digital distribution of yeah, stuff yeah there was Steam um, but I still bought it you know I still bought the box and then I even cut the fucking cover off of the box and kept it it was like I found it in my stuff like my old you know archives of Adam shit from all of childhood you know the, the, that fucking cover of that yeah, game you're like you're that. like this game is special yeah, yeah. I, was, I was so excited about that game and I'd been waiting for it for years. But now, I saved up to buy it, and yeah, it's just—it's just, it's just yeah. not a thing that that is really done. But now you just—you have so many options that. Uh, well, and them, I get to none play of them seem particularly special. But I also get to play all of them for free now. Well, which is also a problem. Yeah, because now, now you know, if you you can just try everything, you're not invested ever into something up front. Um, so so you try. And I mean, there's a problem that I have, you know, personally as well, right? My my Steam my Steam games, even for stuff that's not free, you buy on Steam sales for you know cents 
cents on the dollar. Sure. And uh, and so I have this huge archive of games, and I'm always excited when I buy them because I'm like, hey, some new games that are really cheap, right? But I'm not buying them because it's because of that game, and I'm not like saving up to buy it. As a consequence, I just have a mountain of games that I've played for between zero and five minutes. Right. Because yep. I'm not actually, I haven't invested anything into them. It's, it's terrible. Sad. Well, I was thinking about but this. We can't, we can't do anything about it. Yeah. So well, I'm reading this book on uh, on attention, on attention and psychological processes for attention. Uh, and there's one really interesting point the author makes, which is that when you people who who do just like a lot of stuff, so the idea is like highly highly successful people in general who are handling just a crap load of things at a time. Um, nearly all of them that that they found through this large survey prefer using pencil and paper for keeping track of their shit. Is that because they're all old people? It's not because they're old. Yeah. This is this even extends down. Um, young people are barely functioning. But I mean, there aren't. Yeah, there aren't a lot of really excessive young people. Really successful young people. <laughs> well, there take, are a lot of excessive young people. Take it for what so, you will. But the the other studies that show that that like taking the like writing something by hand uh, essentially encodes it in memory much better than typing it. Uh, and part of it has to do with because it's hard. Exactly, it's harder to do. And I think it's part of the thing is like when it's so it's just so easy to do. And stuff. then when you're trying to read it afterwards, you have to do so much work deciphering the right, shit that you just wrote it's, it's just like, like garbage head. chicken scratch that's sounds more like a personal yeah. problem yeah but it's like i mean it's like going to an archaeological <laughs> dig you know and it's like you have to be a scientist and like decipher this work that you've created which of course i mean how could you not end up having that ingrained in your memory forever sure, given right. how much time you spend yeah, interacting with i it. think about like the the two sort of principles of memory that we discuss a lot in uh in like just psychological academia stuff is something that is unique and something that is emotive is what gets put in your brain. Emotive meaning that there's some sort of some sort of emotion attached to it uh, with you know at least a means moderate like level it. strength. So you're saying you should intersperse smiley faces. Yeah. In your notes. Well, I think it's why the, like the crash, well, the trailer, like the Crashlands trailer did so much work for us as opposed to just doing like a normal gameplay video, right? Because it gets to do both where it's like, here's the unique gameplay. Yes. Uh, there's also the uniqueness of the, you know, someone's. And then we just, you. we just kicked the viewer right in the humor balls. Right. It's <laughs> just, just a full wind up and a punt. Um, yeah. And I think that's why that thing was so effective, you know, at the end of the day. But I think that's, that's basically what the, what the problem comes down to is that most stuff that's it, it, it now revolves around just like, you know, clicking a thing. That's how you get it. It's not exactly exciting. It's not like driving to CompUSA in Des Moines an hour away. Yeah. There's no, well, there's no adventure. Yeah. There's not much adventure. You know? mm-hmm. The or soul has been removed. The Soul of no, life. Yeah. There's no anticipation. There's no excitement. You just kind of. I remember seeing a. I'll just say this before we go to the next question. I remember seeing a, a comic that was. It's just like 10 years ago versus today. And the left column was 10 years ago, and it would say something like, getting a book. And he's like, at a bookstore. And on the right column, today, he's just sitting at his computer. Watching a movie. He's like, at the movies, right? And right. then on the other one, he's just at his computer. Fooling around. He's like, in the park, throwing a Frisbee. On the other one, just at his computer. <laughs> so we've just got, we've like packaged everything into these, all these extremely mundane, instantaneous experiences where all we have to do is wiggle our index finger, and we get anything we want. And we just don't give a shit about any of it. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst. But, no, I mean, but it's also the best. It's also ways. the best. Like, we're saying a lot of things that sound really negative about how the world works <laughs> right now. 
But the fact is, it's fucking awesome to be alive and around, you know, while these things are happening and while the world is changing this way. Because, uh, you know, we're going to start getting really bored with, with this stuff. And, I mean, you already see this, like, on YouTube, right? Because now it is so easy to get content that all of a sudden you have basically, in the same way we have in the games market, you have hyper-competition, like, within mm-hmm. YouTube for people to, to get viewers and that kind of stuff. And you can actually see the consequences of that. And, you know, and the because these things are in a digital space and there are so many people that are making content it's because the barrier is gone now, then I think, you know, fairly soon, they're, you know, we're going we're gonna to actually see stuff really kind of emerge out of that that's going to be just new and really cool because it has to yeah. otherwise you it's know. definitely it's definitely in a really bizarre transitional stage right now yeah and because it changes so fast it's going to be kind of a series of transitional stages kind of you know for the rest of time which is what it's always been it's just that those were you know a decade long instead of six months yeah i feel like every, everyone was always complaining about how stuff used to be how stuff used to be versus how it is now right this just kind of it's just a human, how, this is how you do it's a human thing to do so i'm glad we got to carry the tradition forward yeah <laughs> back in my day back in my day we we had to drive 60 miles to get a video of James. But, be, I mean, being in games... Yeah, we, we called get... him James. Because <laughs> we didn't know how G's were. V- video James. Video James. Video James. Uh, but, being in, but being in games, though, and like in, in web stuff... I my first son Video James. <laughs> video James. Uh, we, I mean, we can look back, though, and say back in my day, like, you know, six months in the past. Yeah, everything's yeah, so which crazy. Which is nuts. So which is why you should never listen to anybody... If they tell you, if they give you advice about any like industry, like tech industry related stuff, because yeah. they're probably wrong. Well, by the time you get to act on it, they're definitely wrong. By because... the time they've finished their sentence, it's changed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So just do your thing. I think we're going to move on to the next question. That was a long That's one. That's fair. Uh, this was, was from Scotchty, who asks, whilst making a game, do you ever get fed up playing it ad infinitum? Mm-hmm. No. All right. Well, I guess we can just move on. <laughs> that, was, that was easy uh, for me, that, actually, because because I'm doing the you know the other stuff. So I don't actually I don't actually play test the games very much until until we're ready for the actual play testing. Yeah, I guess Seth is actually the only one who I'm plays really it the all only. The time. I'm really the only one who is playing it all the time. But it, yeah. it, here's the thing: I'm not really playing it. I well, you're I'll, you're I'll, checking out specific things. I'm just I'm just testing game systems. I so guess, I'll code yeah. something. I'll boot it up and be like, oh, that didn't work. It's kind of like that. if you considered changing your oil to be driving your car yeah <laughs> right like there's they, some overlap they involve yeah, yeah they involve the thing but <laughs> which i guess is funny now that you use that metaphor because a lot of people think that making that making games is a lot like playing games and it's just not yeah it's no. just like most a, of what you do when you're making a game is it's like like sam said it's oil changing you know making it, has, a game, it has nothing to do with playing the making game. a game has a lot in common with for example making microsoft excel uh, right it's just software engineering pretty much yeah so it's just in the end fun. the product is way more fun yeah once you're so done making i guess it. i guess the short answer is we don't really or i don't really uh play it much yeah and every time Nobody that does. i get to player sam actually sits down to play it the game is totally different yeah well so i actually on friday i i sat down after getting the story through uh basically the first kind of like six hours of story done um I sat down to play through it in order to test and see where everything was broken. And that was the first time I've actually gotten to sit down and play through the game in... Probably five months? Oh, I, yeah, Six something months. like that. I haven't played it in a long time. So and we've made so many changes that I was like, wow, this is great. And then I, I played it for four hours on accident. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember uh, you were also, you were like, oh, I need to quickly boot this up and check something. Yeah, I was. I went in and there then, to look at a thing and then I just played it for four hours. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, shit. Yeah, actually, the bigger problem is not getting tired of playing it. It's that when we need to go test a specific thing we end up wasting a lot of dev time just get sucked in playing the game instead yeah so so there's your answer 
Scotch yeah. tea. Mm-hmm. Our next question is from the Cacti God, who is presumably full of water. Uh, Sometimes, yeah, he's anyway. a he's a succulent. <laughs> he's a succulent plant. What was the best purchase you ever made? That's a that's ever some holy shit. Stuff. Ever probably best every time I buy ever. groceries. <laughs> Food is pretty important. Yeah. From a strict utilitarian perspective. Every time I buy food, it was just as important, if not more important, than the last time. I don't even really care about purchasing things. I don't either. Uh, well, I'm sure that because there are all these things that I purchased that were clearly important, you know. Well, here, I'll just... But, I'll, but I didn't best. actually, like, have to buy it, and things For still me, would have been fine. There was a life-changing purchase, which was when I bought Game Maker in 2010. Mm, mm. Nice. Way to bring that, it right back that, to video games. Well, that... Because that just... That just cascaded. I had been wanting to figure out how to make games for years, and I just never had a way in. And that was the thing that that sort of like got my foot in the door. Well, but here's but uh, but what about this though? If we're gonna play that game, what about when you bought gas to go to St. Louis for that game jam? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, whether I had gas or not, I would have I would have made it. That's not how that's not how things work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of really important purchases in a lifetime. So engagement rings, those are. What about the too. worst? What about the worst purchase? That's that probably be easier. easier one, actually. Uh, to see. answer your question, What's we're going to answer the opposite money of your you've question. ever spent. The worst money I've ever spent. Worst ever. Well, I was gonna go camping this weekend, but then it thunderstormed. So but I, did you? Did you spend money on that though? Yeah, I spent like a few dollars on. I'm that. gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you guys the worst purchase. <laughs> the worst purchase I've ever made. I bought a a bottle of Iowa corn whiskey. What? <laughs> because I uh, thought I was I was going up on my annual camping trip to Wisconsin, and I thought whiskey. I'm coming. I'm coming from Iowa. I'm gonna bring something distinctly Iowan, and uh, that was like four years ago. And that bottle is still up there because nobody will drink it. <laughs> Wait, have you tried it though? I tried it, and okay. it was it was just completely just horrible. Worst. It burned. It tasted terrible. It just it, like every conceivably horrible thing you can think about a booze. Iowa yeah. corn whiskey has it. This is so strange. I'm trying to think about bad purchases I've made. And yeah, I, I can't, can't think, think of any. I think it's because you don't have them anymore because you probably threw them in the trash. Yeah, because like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I live in the present and worry about the future. Well, so, so as soon as I was like, any, anything that's happened, I'm like, fuck it. That was a sunk cost. Actually, that, dump it's, it. it's a concept of sunk costs. Uh, I, th- I believe it's a concept of YOLO. YOLO swag. YOLO swag. Hashtag 360 no scope. But, well, no, I think it's it's the concept of YOLO. I don't, I don't even know what that means, but you only live uh, once, Seth. Right. So the so it's either that you forget about it because you didn't give a crap, or you turn around and you justify the purchase by making it seem not Post-talk as bad. Post hoc rationalization. Yeah, because you're like, that was probably a terrible thing, but I'm not an idiot and I don't spend my money stupidly. So it, so it probably wasn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was fine. Yeah, I, I, started... I meant to spend eighty dollars on that tiny, tiny steak that just tasted like a normal steak in the <laughs> right. restaurant. It was yeah, a great yeah, experience. I've had some. Yeah, I've had some bad, expensive restaurant experiences. Um, but again, like I just kind of forgot about them right. until you brought yeah. it up. The cacti god. Yeah, now it's all jerk. just crashing back like a shitty restaurant tsunami. I mean, even after you brought it up, I still can't remember stuff. I feel great. <laughs> well, actually, uh, even though I'm now like I'm slowly remembering some of them, I'm still not able to give a shit yet. But I think if I worked hard at it, I could probably start to give a shit. You could probably start having regrets. Yeah, maybe but that's you... <laughs> why I'm not going to do it. I'm gonna gonna keep on living in the present. That question is a spiral. That is a black yeah. hole producing spiral. Mm-hmm. All right, that's I think a... uh, final question will be another one from the Cacti God. Again, into the 
into the regrets area, which apparently is where <laughs> the cactus god resides. I don't know what his deal is. In the land of regret lives the cactus god. Regret Valley, full of water. Actually, um, I'm looking. At, he has a few other questions in here that I'm reading down the list, and there's, there's definitely a theme here. Cactus god, you need to. <laughs> you should maybe take some time to reflect on your life. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take less time to reflect we'll on some, your yeah, life. Some depressing questions. Move forward. Uh, what is one thing you have always wanted to learn but never got motivated enough to do? Let's talk about. Let's talk about regrets, guys. All right, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna flip this one around. Actually, onto the cactus god. No, I'm just gonna flip it around and say <laughs> there is no such thing as something that you have wanted to learn but never got motivated enough Ooh, to do. That's some deep shit right there. Because if you really wanted to do it, you, you would have done it. Done it. In the words and of Shia LaBeouf. Just do it. Just do it. Do it. <laughs> so, so if yeah, I mean, if you so if that means so anybody who the then says to do it, then you don't want it. Yeah, that's right. And so that's anybody just, who says oh, I've always wanted to do this, but then they're nope. just lying to you. Nope, they didn't. What it is. They did not want to do it. My uh, yeah, my I mentor. They wanted to want it, but they didn't. My mentor said that. So he used to. He's like a super organized dude. Uh, kind of turned his life around from just kind of piddling around to being like a super badass at web software stuff. And he said he used to. People always asked him because he tells he tells good stories and he always talks about. He always tells the story of kind of how he got into tech and stuff. And people would ask him to come. They'd be like, Oh, I have this friend who just I like, can't you know see to get into it which you might talk it to him and so he said for years he would just go and no he would meet them over lunch or coffee or something and you know they, they would tell him why their life is falling to pieces or whatever why they've been trying to learn a thing but can't and he'd give them you know all sorts of tips and stuff like that. And, and they would finally, never act on it yes they would never do anything so finally after years of this he just said he just said uh, whenever someone asks him that question he just tells them to tell the person that when they actually want to do it they'll just do it and he's not going to waste his time yeah, yeah. That. that's it that's it's simple so there it is, is I mean, that's, it is very simple that's something that i've that i've noticed in uh you know working with with the sort of amateur and hobbyist game dev scene is that you do run into hundreds and hundreds of people who talk and talk and talk about how they want to become a game developer uh, and then every day they just go home and and produce nothing. Oh my god! Continue to not day be a after game developer. day after day after day. They do they do not sit down and code. They don't practice their art. They don't read up on industry trends. They just don't do it. There's a beautiful web comic called Zen Pencils, and the one from this week. I'm gonna put it in the. I'll put it in the blog post. Um, the link to it hits on this exactly. And basically, what it says is that the the actual mechanical pieces for for doing pretty much anything. So you know how like how do I play a piano is the example in there. Um, how do I hold my hands? How do I get my posture? How do I read music? The mechanical pieces of this stuff is all sort of pick. It's all being able to be picked up in like an hour. Uh, you know, the basics of programming are able to be picked up very very quickly. It's basically yeah, it's what's if, a variable. If what's this, a loop. then that. Yeah. What's a variable? What's a loop? That's if then. It. And then what it is, is it's simply a matter of just practice. doing it. Right. Yep. Practice. And so out of it. it's like, if you have, if you can make, if you can make 40 minutes in your day, and that's what people just have to realize is that if you want to do something, make 40 minutes in your day, every day, morning or night, where that is the thing you're doing. That's it. Yeah. And and you'll still have time to spare because you have like you know, five hours every day, actually free time. Yeah. And actually, so we have a, uh, we have a, an interview coming up over at superphilipcentral.com or something. Uh, and he, in the interview, he asked, he asked the question, how did we teach ourselves to do the stuff that we do? Cause each of us has a specialized role, um, 
And my answer was kind of along, along the same lines, which is I spent about 4,000 hours in my first year teaching myself how to do it. Uh, yep. I mean, if you put that much time into something, you're going to learn it. It's just it's just a simple function. So yep. Yep. that's pretty much all there is to it. Well, and, and I mean, and Sam and I did the same thing. I mean, Sam couldn't draw things, and then he decided he was going to be the artist. And then so for 12 hours a day for a taught year. Taught himself he, how to draw things, and it, it just requires real grit. You just do the thing. Just do the thing. Do yeah. the so thing. So for me, there are some things that I still want to do, but it's not that I, like, I'm not, I don't regret not doing them because there are things that I'm going to do once the things I'm currently doing are less important. Like program things. a robot. Like do, yeah, robotics related stuff or you know, like there's a novel that I want to write and I've even drafted it in the past, you know, for a national quite novel good. of the month. I've read uh, the draft. It's pretty okay. Um, needs a rewrite, whatever. But that's, that's one of the things that at some point I'm going to do it. But, you know, but I, right I don't worry about that. Enough. Yeah, I don't worry about that fact right now because I'm doing a thing. I'm making video games. And, and that's my thing right now. Um, at some point when I decide, you know what? I want to write this novel. Then I'm going to sit down and fucking write that novel. Yeah, and that's and that's okay to, to basically say, here's like 10 things I really want to do. But there's only so many hours in the day. And if you are really putting in the time on, you know, one or two of them. You can only you just, do you one can't or two do, of them. You can't do all of it. And you got to nope. just decide which one you're going to do right now. Um, and in that case, I would say it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't want to do the other ones. It's just yeah, that correct. you have priorities. So it's a, there's a difference between if you have doing things you stuff, want to do and you're not doing any of them. If you yeah, if you're not doing anything, if you're just going home and watching, you know, Agents of Shield, which is a great show, by the way. Yeah. Uh, if, that, if that's if that's just your jam, you just go home and put on Netflix and veg out. Uh, then you just don't really want it, and that's just all there is to it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's that's me right now. It's basically I want to make games, and I'm doing that. And I want to write a novel, but not nearly as much as I want to spend my free time vegging out. Um, watching <laughs> <laughs> making that's just a fact. And making I, these video I'm okay games with is hard. Fact. Yeah. It is hard. I need to relax afterwards. It does take some mental energy. So energy. So that's it. Well, I think with that we will wrap up this episode. This surprisingly deep episode. Of, yeah, we yeah. looked back. We looked forwards. We looked around. We looked inside of ourselves. <laughs> we looked outside of the inside of ourselves. Which is what you do all the time, technically. That's how you normally look. Which yeah, is kind of gross. Topographical complexity. When you think about it. Um, yeah, we're going to wrap this up. So thank you all for listening. And again, if you want to uh, pass this along to anybody, if you can just think think of one person right now who might enjoy either this episode, which is a little, a little bit more on the serious side, uh, or the previous episode, which was certainly more on the ridiculous side. Um, think about that one person and then maybe pass pass this along to that pass the link on um, we want to grow the podcast so so find a friend send it to friends and or enemies or enemies i mean if you want to really mess up their day, way you know yeah we could do that if Hijack. you particularly hate one of our episodes you should send that to all of your enemies yep. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so with that uh we'll let you guys go thank you so much again for listening to coffee with butterscotch we'll see you next week peace goodbye